Hello and welcome back to Middle Ground. Guys, we did it. It is JC on the mic. Hi guys. And by on the mic, I mean we have a little bit different of an audio setup because I left all of the equipment in Arkansas. I am in Missouri for Jay's daughter Marin's first birthday. It is actually the evening of her first birthday. Mm-hmm. We celebrated today and party is tomorrow but if the audio sounds a little off that's why i apologize we're doing the best we can so um i'm really really excited about this week we've been talking about this episode for a long time and uh, jc and i discussed at length that we thought this would be really interesting because we had polar opposite experiences in most ways, becoming new moms. Yeah. But it was also really beautiful because I feel like we were able to really celebrate the wins for one another and Mm -hmm. really support one another in the... I was going to say, I feel like we were able to support each other at various times. Yeah. Like when one of us was in kind of a low point, like if you were, I was able to support you. And when I was going through a tough time you were able to support me because we were going through different things I agree it was just I don't know and I think hopefully it'll be comforting for some of you to listen to whether you have children want children uh or are a mom um new mom any of those things I think Mm -hmm. it will just be comforting uh because I think both of us had relatively positive experiences even through Mm -hmm. a lot of the really hard things definitely And I think it's just good to hear different experiences because, I don't know, if you only talk to like your one best friend or a couple of best friends and maybe your experience was harder, that can be kind of discouraging or make you feel like maybe you're being dramatic or something. Yeah. That's something I go through a lot um, because some things were way harder for me than for Joe. And I'm like, was something wrong with me that like recovery was really hard? And yeah. we'll get into all of that. Yeah, but. for sure. Well, before we hit that, let's talk groundy moment. Yes. You want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I can go first because I have a good one. Okay. My grounding moment is that my daughter Marin turned one today. So not only do I have a one-year-old, but it's also been a year since I became a mom. Yeah. And I feel like that's still sinking in. Yeah. Like every time I describe myself as a mom, I'm just like, whoa. We both just had a good cry. We did. Yeah. We listened to Jay has this audio. Did the the nurse took it for you? Um, our doula. Your doula took it. And took it, a voice memo on my phone of Marin, like when Marin was being born. And Trey and I did not find out um baby sex. So I have audio of my husband Trey telling me tearfully that baby was a girl and you hear her first cries and it was really precious to just listen to that it's very emotional yeah so we yeah. just had a little cry over that we did it was a good a way to cry. kick things off definitely yeah it's but, crazy but yeah that's definitely a grounding moment yeah but it's been a year it's crazy 
It's really, really weird. It's it goes gone. by in the blink of an eye. It really does. And I know everybody says that, but yeah, like holy that moly. Saying, the days are long, but the years are short. It's like such a cliche, but oh my gosh, it's true. Yeah, it really is. Uh, my grounding moment is that I'm here. Yay. I get so excited. This is the first time uh, JC has also been renovating a house for the last year. Yes. And I came and walked it before they did anything, really. Uh, and this is my first time coming to stay at her house all renovated and it looks beautiful they're like us have a few finishing touches to still do but it's really come together and I just think that's so exciting and I really have enjoyed walking through those processes together and to be Mm -hmm. able to really be here for me that's my grounding moment I just really appreciate it because I think long distance friendships are like in ways hard I feel like we do it really well yeah I think so but I really, really cherish the time that we get to be together and I get to be in your space, in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's dive in. Are you ready? It. Yeah. Okay, let's start off with pregnancy. Okay. Because for me, my first half of my pregnancy was hell on earth. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't even say that. That's really dramatic. But You were so sick. Yeah. Joe underplays it sometimes, but she was so sick. I was very, very, very sick. There was like the most memorable point for me was laying on my shower floor at like 14 weeks pregnant or maybe 16 weeks, somewhere in there. It was longer than I was supposed to be sick because everybody told me it would end around 12 or 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. And so somewhere in that 14 to 16 range, I'm laying on my shower floor with the water pouring on me. And Matt was like out in the bathroom and I'm crying. I was bawling going, is this ever going to end? And Matt was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? But that's the only thing I truly remember about such a how bad point. it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, what so- I could tell how sick you were because Joe and I have always talked every single day for years. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of months where I barely heard from Joe. She was like sleeping or throwing up, I feel like. Yeah. You were in pure survival mode. I was so sick. Yeah. And the thing that also is memorable is that was around the time that we started uh, doing TikTok and people started following us on TikTok. And there were all these other creators that we were all kind of growing at the same time together and I'd become friends with. And I remember like coming up from the toilet. And all of those TikTok people had all of a sudden had like 4 million followers. And we were like way behind because I just hadn't posted for like eight weeks. No, you couldn't. (laughs) No, I was dying. So that's memorable to me. Yeah. But I, I was sick for my whole first half and so tired. I really struggled. And you were a little nauseous. Definitely nauseous. But I actually never threw up my whole pregnancy. And JC was six weeks behind me, five and a half. Yes, yeah, five and a half. For just for reference. And so we were really able to compare. Yeah, it was so great, actually. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so then, but then once I was done being sick, the rest of my pregnancy was uh, pretty easy peasy. Mm -hmm. And my bump never got big. It was wild. That this is, and I, I point this out for very specific reason, because JC and I carried completely different. Yeah. My bump never got big, 
but I have all kinds of stretch marks on my lower abdomen. My and bump was the biggest bump I've was ever seen. Gigantic. <laughs> But I don't have stretch marks, which blows my mind because you were I like I say this with all the yeah. love in my heart, not in like a I, I know that women hate when people say this. And no, so I don't. True. But you were I mean, you're not you weren't huge, but your bump it was huge. I need to get a picture of that Polaroid from you so I can put it on our story on oh, when this episode launches. My forty week, or maybe all I should put my forty week next to your forty week for yeah. the uh, picture because, guys, it's not even comparable. And it doesn't make sense because the babies were fairly similar sizes, very close in size. And Joe and I are and we both went about over the same height. Yep. Yeah. It was so fast. You have a lot smaller frame than I do, but like, it's just, people just carry differently. And there's really, I mean, sometimes I think maybe a sister or a mom might be a good comparison, but sometimes not at all. Yeah, that's true. Because I know some people that that's not that way at all. I've been very similar to my mom in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not every way Um, with my pregnancy, but I also have a very similar body type to my mom. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. That's just interesting. Yeah, I would say I had a more traditional, like, last part of the third trimester where Mm -hmm. I just was, like, huge. And when she was transverse, yeah. First part of the time, too, I remember. Yes. Um, Yeah, she was sideways for a while. And I would have crazy lumps in my stomach that were super painful. Um, we're probably scaring everybody right now. (laughs) It really was fine. Like I never was absolutely miserable in my third trimester. I just, I had, I shot a lot of weddings in my third trimester and towards the end I would be swollen for like days She photographed a wedding for me the weekend that I had G. Yes. And you were 35 weeks pregnant. Yeah, I, think. I was almost 36 weeks pregnant. And it was like 97 degrees or something. And it took me days to recover. Um, Understandably. Yeah. But then, like, third trimester for you, you're like, I feel good. Yeah, I was fine. And I was, you didn't even look that pregnant. No, I didn't. So it, it was weird. it's just everybody's so different. Yeah. They really are. And I. Uh, it was just shocking to see how different. Yeah. Truly. Something similar, though, that we talked about earlier today. So we both had terrible acne our first trimesters. Oh, yeah, we did. The That's hormones true. are nuts, though. Yeah. Yeah, really bad. And the, But then but both then, of us, the second and third second trimester. Second and third trimester's skin was flawless. Skin of our lives. Yeah, legitimately the best skin of my life. I looked glorious. Yeah. But, man, that first trimester was really tough. And I had really – I don't remember what yours was like – but mine was that really cystic. Same. And it was painful. painful. Yeah. That was not fun. On top of feeling sick. It's just yeah. kind of cruel. Okay. I want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of delivery. I know that I've told mm-hmm. my birth story on here before um, on our birth episode. So I'm just going to give a really quick reminder rundown of what what like my experience was like. If you want to really get in detail and listen to Matt and I talk about it. Uh, if you have not listened to it before or if you want to refresh, uh, Matt and I released an episode last June, uh, right after we had G, of uh, our entire birth story. But I ended up at 41 weeks having to be induced. 
uh, JC and I both had the goal going in of going unmedicated and Mm -hmm. I was the first one and I was very nervous about it because both of us, I think more than even going unmedicated, we wanted to go on our own. Yeah. Both of us really didn't want to get induced. Yeah, I think we just wanted as low intervention as possible. Yes. And so uh, I ended up at 41 weeks making the decision with my doctor to get induced. Um, I was very happy with my decision. My doctor was very supportive of, you know, a low amount of Pitocin, as low as we could. Um, And so I went in at 5.30 a.m. My induction ended up starting at 7 a.m. I didn't do Cytotec or anything. I went straight to Pitocin. Uh, this and Pitocin's for people who don't know anything what we're yeah. talking about. It's the drug that will start contractions because the natural hormone or uh, yeah, hormone I is that so. a hormone? I think so. Um, I'm like, am I using the right words? I am Would foggy on it now. Oxytocin, yes, right, yes, is the natural of the body. So, um, Pitocin is the, like the synthetic yes. drug version. Uh, and it supposedly makes contractions a lot more intense and more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's like obviously not a good thing if you want to go unmedicated. And so uh, 7 a.m., went ahead and got started. Around 11 a.m., they checked me. I was only at a two. Um, and I was not even a centimeter whenever I got there. So I was very nervous with not progressing very much. Uh, checked me again at 1.30, and I was dilated to a four. And so they broke my water and I had G at 353. Insane. So my labor was a very fast, very intense. Um, just the whole thing was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, I was able to go unmedicated primarily because of how quickly everything went. I think, um, because I think if they would have checked me and I would have been like a five or a six, there would have been a lot more, I would have been very discouraged because I think that's the hardest part with it. I think everyone I know, I don't think I know a single person that I don't think could go unmedicated if they really wanted to. The problem you run into or that they couldn't handle the pain, I guess is what I should say of the actual experience. I, myself, as many other women, I don't know how people take the the extended unknown of how long labor is going to go on. It's the exhaustion. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the pain. It's that when it's you hit hour 10, hour and 14. not knowing when the end is. No. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I can make it for 30 more minutes, but you don't know if it's 30 more minutes. Right. Yeah. It could be 30 more, well, that's dramatic, but like three more 10 hours, more hours. 10 more hours, yeah. And th- <laughs> so I really feel like that was a privilege of mine in being able to go unmedicated is I, it was so fast. You just toughed through a fast and furious yes. time. Yes, and I, I didn't have a lot of time for my mental to get discouraged because every time they were checking me, which wasn't very often, I was like leaps jumping. and b- bounds progressing. You know, I think yeah. they only checked me once I was at an eight and then I was like, I think I need to push. And they checked me and I was like at a nine and they went ahead and let me push at a nine because my body like was it. doing it. Yeah. And so anyway, that was probably more detail than you needed. For and you my didn't delivery. tear, right? I didn't have any tearing. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't have any tearing. I had extreme afterbirth cramping and shakes. Yeah. Like extreme. To the point that she got here, Matt's like, it's a girl. And I didn't even want to hold her because I was in so much pain, um, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know that afterbirth cramping was a thing to this level. And so that was hard. um, But do you feel like you didn't get that euphoric moment of like baby laying on your chest? Heck no. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed. And it almost like I didn't love the combination of us not finding out what we were having and going unmedicated. Oh, interesting. Because I don't feel like I got to experience that like euphoric or exciting moment where we're like, it's a girl. And I got to be like in the moment with finding out it's a girl because I think I was so frantic of like pushing so much work. Oh, yeah. Like, it it's is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Like, by, by a long shot. It is a physical feat. I don't know how all the women who have done it do it. No. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that was just, it was a lot. It was just overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so I questioned that decision later of, because I just don't feel like I got to like be excited and enjoy, oh my gosh, it's a girl. Where I feel like people who find out like at the 20 week mm-hmm. anatomy scan or at a gender reveal or whatever it is, I feel like maybe they get some more time to like really experience that. Yeah. And I just was not, I was not mentally there. I was very foggy. Um, so that was our birth. And we can kind of get into like after later yeah. um, and kind of our recovery. But yeah. I want JC to kind of, I want you to tell your story okay disclaimer I'm foggy on a lot of it because I ended up being in survival mode but um, I remember a lot of it so I can try and say like Trey and my doula had to kind of help me piece together what even happened but um the day after my due date I had um a doctor's appointment I had not been checked until that point um, just mentally, I felt like that was better for me, but my doctor checked me. I was, Oh, I don't know. I can't remember two, two centimeters, but like 90% of face, something like that. Yep. Um, and I ended up getting a membrane sweep and within a few hours I started feeling crampy and weird and later realized I, you know, labor had begun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to dinner at my husband's brother's house and hung out with family and stuff until I started feeling really awful. Um, we live about an hour away from the hospital where we were delivering. I don't know how you did this. Um, I and really I think don't. we left our house at like a little after midnight. Yep, that's right. Because I got that text. Yes. Um, halfway through the drive. So we had been like timing my contractions you know, like the spacing and timing and length, you know, all of that, um, that my doctor and our doula had told us. And we're like, okay, it's time to go. Everything was calm still halfway through our hour drive. My contractions suddenly jumped to being one minute apart. And I said, Trey, 
I need you to drive faster. And things really took a turn all of a sudden. Um, so we got to the hospital. Um, they're like, oh, is it her first baby? And my husband was like, yeah. They're like, oh, okay. And I could just tell I they know weren't they taking do that me to- seriously. And it's so hard for me when people say that because I feel like I have so many friends that have said that. Yeah. But I also being on their end, I'm sure so many people come in. Oh, I'm sure. But still, it's just... I couldn't ugh. even talk to them because I was already... I mean, just having contractions literally every minute. I couldn't catch my breath. I was like, oh, no. So then I was in triage for a while. And later, my doula said I was in there for almost an hour. And Ooh. that ended up really throwing off my birth plan, I think. I think that was the first step that kind of pushed things maybe awry um at your hospital can you go straight to labor and delivery or do you have to admit through triage i think you have to admit through triage okay but i don't know at our hospital they always tell us don't go through triage like people do like it happens like if people get rushed there or whatever yeah but they're like enter through labor and delivery oh so just if you have more in a couple years say maybe we yeah did a misstep there. Anyways, Every hospital's different. I just don't yeah, know. They like weren't taking me super seriously, I don't think. And then they finally were like measuring my contractions. And I remember hearing the nurse go, Oh, these are really close together and intense. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Anyways, um long story short, hours were going by, like all through the night. Um, my contractions did not slow down. They were every minute for hours straight. Trey said he did not see my eyeballs for about four hours because I was so internalized, just breathing and surviving. Well, and you were so determined. I was. Yeah, like you were like, I'm going unmedicated. I really, really wanted to. Um, you you wanted to do it way more than I did, Yeah, I think. I had done, I did so much research. I listened so to so many podcasts, like... And I didn't. I did so many things. I'd like to clarify on how different we are. Not because... Different personalities. Yeah, not because one's right or one's wrong. Yeah. And JC's about to get into it. She couldn't do it unmedicated because she was like... Things went not wrong, but like wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like there were things going on. But like JC did a ton of research. I did none. Mm-hmm. And both were right for us. Right. And so I just want to point that out. Because I think so often we're made to feel like, oh, you didn't do any research? Like, right. who are you? Or you're doing all of that research? Who are you? Right. And I think the really beautiful thing about JC and I's relationship and about just something I really encourage of people is there are right things for different people. Oh, yeah. And like, I would, like, when I found good research that I wasn't even interested in reading, I was like, JC. I've heard great things about this. I think you're going to love yeah. it, you know? Yeah. To me, it was, it brought me peace to like learn about everything. Yeah. Um, but everyone's different. But anyway, I'm so sorry. I just wanted oh, to good. clarify on that. Um, so yeah, my contractions just weren't letting up, but I wasn't progressing fast enough to where I was like, oh, the end is in sight. Yeah. And, and... <laughs> We learned... This is the kicker. I'm trying to remember. You probably remember more than I do. She was sunny side up. 
She was sunny side up and her heart was spiking. Was her heart rate her was heart spiking. rate was spiking during contractions because um, of the positioning of her in the birth yes. canal. Yeah. And just because I think my body was in so much stress, it was putting her body in stress. I don't think Really? I mean, what do I know? Actually, I, know. I wasn't there. But I, from what I remember you telling me and what Trey's text messages were, I truly think just how she was positioned mm. was making it so hard and painful for your body. Okay. That makes sense. I, like, I don't think there was anything you could do. Again? I don't even know. Because they were talking C-section, weren't they? Um. Yes, behind the scenes. And my doctor was the is the most low intervention doctor in like my hospital system and i loved her and she was so supportive of my birth plan and everything but yeah she was talking to my doula saying like if things like don't change like i'm gonna have to do a c-section um so i was having delay in certain ways i ended up going on oxygen um i had a fever i was having like crazy chills all these things. And then I finally just said to Trey, I was like, I'm running out of strength. Like I need an epidural. And I think that was the magic words to Trey. Yeah, Trey was like, was really, really God, he, well, he would never suggest it to you because no. he like wanted to encourage you with whatever you wanted. But that had to have been so hard to watch. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was an uphill I think battle. He was probably really worried. And you, I mean, you went for... I mean, quite a few hours. Yeah. Um, So finally got an epidural, I don't know, maybe like 6 or Mm 7am, somewhere in that range. Um, It didn't kick in at first, so the anesthesiologist had to come back. Um, But then I did get a little bit of rest for a couple of hours um, as I dilated more. And I, I desperately needed that. Um, it was finally time to push, um, probably at like nine or so I started pushing, pushed for an hour or two, but Marin continued to be sunny side up. They kept flipping me on my side, trying to get her to flip over. I had to stop pushing after like two hours, which was really hard because she was like down in my pelvis at that point. And sunny side up, she was still coming out head first. Yes. But with her head facing up. Right. Right. Which is not an ideal um, angle for their head to come out. It's just like way harder. No, it's like, well, because if their bodies face the opposite direction, it curves naturally with the shape of your pelvis. But it's like the baby's body's actually like working against your pelvis yes yeah and basically like my doctor had come in a couple times just because it was I was pushing for so long and she was like it's like you get one step forward and then you go two steps backwards um anyways had to stop pushing for a while finally was pushing again I was absolutely exhausted um eventually (laughs) My doctor reached, had to reach both hands in and like flip Marin over because they had tried absolutely everything. Um, my epidural at that point, I don't think was very strong because mm-hmm. I was feeling 
a lot. I'm sure not to the extent of being unmedicated. I don't think it matters how medicated you are. But I was in. feeling contractions. I was feeling all I I was feeling all the things. Um, she flipped Marion over, and then I had to keep pushing for a while. I can't fathom. It was um, ended up being like over three hours, I think, of pushing. But anyways, finally got her out. Polar opposite. It was experiences. Yeah, that was, was kind of scarring. And then, um, my doctor was trying to stitch me up because I did tear a second degree tear, um, and the stitches wouldn't hold. I didn't know this at the time, but my doula told me afterwards that um, multiple doctors came in because stitches weren't holding and they were stitching me for upwards of 45 minutes. I just remember Marin laying on my chest and I was like nursing for the first time and I was like, wow, this hurts so bad down there. Like this is still really hurting. Not really wrapping my head around what was going on. Yeah. So I, what they, I wonder what they ended up having to do. I don't even know. Figured I think it out. they told us, but I wasn't mentally coherent enough to retain that information. No, no, absolutely not. But yeah, we ended up being in our labor and delivery room for like a few hours afterwards. Um, Marin and I both had fevers, but ultimately we were okay. Yeah. It was just like, I'm like still not over it. No, like it was just so and hard on my body. I think that's something a lot of women aren't prepared for when they give birth. I think there's a lot of fear in like the giving birth part and the pain part, but I don't feel like we're well prepared for what the recovery can be like after and mm-hmm. what like all the things your body does mm-hmm. and that you have a dinner size dinner plate size wound in your uterus oh yeah i just learned that a couple months ago yeah it's wild like there's a lot going on yeah okay so then good segue yeah i told jc as we were before we started recording kind of how we're trying to go about this is we're trying to kind of segue through each of the phases so that you can really see how different our experiences are Mm -hmm. and then we'll kind of talk through our first year we're getting there now to the first year part um but tell me about your first few weeks at home your recovery being a new mom um (laughs) wow (laughs) what a time um I just kept describing things like I felt like I'd been in a really bad car accident my entire body hurt Um, I was bleeding a lot. I was super, super swollen, which I didn't expect. I had gone to visit Joe when she was a few days postpartum. And I was like, oh my God, like she looks good. She feels good. Like, which I'm like spoiling your, your recovery. But yeah, my experience was so different. I was like, what is wrong with me? Nothing. Um, nothing. It just was different. Um, yeah, I could barely move. I feel like my experience is the less common. Yeah, probably. I really do. Um, and I will just say like, I had a really, I'm going to say easy, smooth, easy and smooth. Like I, my, I struggled a lot more with my mental health and breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. My actual physical recovery of my body was very smooth. Yeah. 
I feel like my physical recovery was really hard. I was just not prepared to be super swollen, which not everyone is. For some reason, I was. Um, and I was just in a lot of pain. Well, my guess is if they were pumping you with oxygen and all that stuff, they were probably pumping you with fluids. Too. Yes. And my doula did say that afterwards. She's yeah. like, you, yeah. She's like, it's very normal I wasn't for how on many an active fluids. IV once I was like, you know. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I had intense baby blues. Joe visited me at two weeks postpartum, and I legitimately cried the entire time. You did. That's Um, okay, though. And I just apologized also the entire time. And I kept telling her she didn't need to. I was like, you don't have to apologize. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced in my life. Well, because you weren't crying about anything. That was We we talked about this earlier. It was just crazy hormones and emotions. I I would be like, are you sad? She'd be like, no. Yeah. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. So physical and I guess hormonal recovery, not the easiest, but I had a super smooth breastfeeding journey. Marion like latched right away. We never really had any issues. So that part was great. Which was a huge praise because I cried and stressed and had a horrible time breastfeeding it was so hard I had lactation consultant come who's wonderful and like do all the things and we were trying nipple shields and she was spitting up everywhere and I had mastitis Mm -hmm. three times I think in my time breastfeeding like it was yeah it was horrible 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 for me um I mean I can't say horrible enough times. Yeah. Like I, I really, really struggled. Um, and I think you and I talked about this a lot at the time. We couldn't believe how mentally difficult it was feeding your baby, no matter how you feed your baby, Mm -hmm. breastfeeding, formula feeding, like whatever you're doing to feed your baby, making those choices and, or being forced to make specific decisions because, you're not producing enough or you're not, they're not latching right or whatever Mm -hmm. it is was just emotional in a way that I didn't understand prior to baby being here. Yeah. I did not expect the emotional part of breastfeeding at all. I mean, it's just, or just feeding your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I have always been team fed as fed as best. And if you want to breastfeed here, all the tools and assets and everything that you need and the support systems. And here's, you know, like oh, yeah. I support you wherever you want to go. And I just, that wasn't okay with me. And I didn't know why, like formula. I was like, no, I'm going to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything against formula. I yeah. had no problem with it, but I couldn't believe how, like what a wall I had up in my head about that. Yeah. It was hard. I don't know. Yeah. So we kind of had like opposite, um, like immediate postpartum experiences, Mm -hmm. I would say. My physical like recovery was good, but man, I didn't bond with G the same way either. I think like, I feel like you felt more of an instant connection with Marin. Yeah. And I, I struggled, not struggled, but it just took more time for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck has happened? Who is this little loaf of bread? that I have brought home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I will say I did have a lot of moments where I was like, oh, we can't go back in time. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, was this a mistake to become parents? I've told the story. We told the story on our first one of Matt's first night at home with her, where he's like, this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. We, should, we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. Yeah. But I think that's the only time he's thought that. I think it's probably pretty normal. Yeah. Just people don't talk about it, maybe. No. We're talking about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, okay, so from there, mm-hmm. first year. Highlights, lowlights? Yeah. Um, I'll start with lowlights so I can end on highlights. Okay. Um, at around three months postpartum, I realized I was dealing with postpartum depression, and that was rough. Um, but on the positive side of that, I was able to piece it together fairly quickly, I would say. And I had people in my life who helped me to do that and helped encourage me to talk to my doctor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I'm now nervous to say this because I might be wrong, but I think, cause I had a like major postpartum anxiety. Right. And I called my doctor and was prescribed something and I called you and said I did it, and then you called your doctor because you were so. like, I think it was that week. Yeah, because you the were same like, week. I'm depressed, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Joe was like, Um, yes, you are. Yeah, but somebody else has to make that decision for them. You can't be like, You're depressed. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to know that you are sometimes. I don't know. Well, it's, it's just hard so to much change. It's so much change. Yeah. Um. I don't even know. It was weird. And you had a lot of success with your medication. But yes, I was going to say on the flip side, I was able to start medication really quickly. Um, And the first one I was prescribed and the dosage worked for me. Um, And that was not the experience for you. No. So I am now over a year postpartum. I'm 13 months postpartum. Um, They've tried me on two different medications, like so many different dosages of them and nothing that they tried me on has helped and the further into the year that I got the more that I've struggled and I've been in therapy the whole year and I I think part of it I should preface with I don't know that all of it's postpartum for me Mm -hmm. I have a lot of big like life things going on a lot of like just family health grief like big life changes with us having a following online now just like little not little big things that have happened in You've our lives a lot happen yeah and so I, I think that that has also um impacted things but I think postpartum was a big trigger for me yeah and I uh yeah at a year postpartum like G's birthday I, I've still been really had a hard time and so I am about to start my third kind of medication that they're trying me on so we'll see um because my therapist and other people that I've talked to have just been like yeah it's like you're having a hormone imbalance or Mm -hmm. a chemical imbalance of some kind because yeah for me like I lost a lot of executive function yes you've definitely changed in that way um which is just not like me I'm normally very uh you are structured's the word, but you're uh, very productive. Productive would be a good word. But it's been different this past year. You've been a lot more scattered, I would very, say. Very. Um, and, and I'm that's sure it's been that, interesting to observe from the outside. Well, and I'm sure people listening to the podcast 
have seen that difference even like Mm. all like anybody that listens consistently because caroline and i have missed episodes which we never would have done and just things like that i uh i just haven't been available mentally available yeah um and so i don't know i i share all of this not as like a bummer but more as a i want i want people to feel normal yeah i'm still i'm a little bit granola, I would say. I've never really been on medication for anything, but I'm still on my medication. Um, and it's really, really helped me in like all aspects of my life. It's really made a difference for me at work. I didn't realize how much anxiety I was living with day to day and that I had gone through seasons of depression in my life. Um, so it's something that I'm still on and I feel that's the best choice for me at this time. And I think if I do have another baby, it's something I will proactively be on to maybe make that postpartum season a little smoother and mm-hmm. lighter. Um, and I've, yeah, we've both been pretty open with that, I think, on our social media and with people in our lives, just because I think it's something that's really healthy to talk about. Well, and I've been open online, but I also haven't talked about it at length just because I don't feel like I'm necessarily through it yeah like I I still very much feel in it and I don't know that I have great advice for people yeah because I feel like something that happens when you open up online and even right now on the podcast is then you have other people that are having similar experiences will start to open up to you and say hey like what do I do and I think right now I'm still like dude I don't know Uh, I'm like I'm still trying to figure it out for myself um so I feel like I've had a hard time being open I I mean not that I've ever been dishonest yeah but that's been hard for me and I've never had like I've always just kind of worn everything on my sleeve yeah so that's been interesting yeah um on a lighter note highlights from the first year Again, it sounds cliche, but just seeing your baby learn even the tiniest of new things is the most incredible thing. It really is. It really, truly is. Um, They honestly get cuter and cuter and so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Maren's starting to kick balls. Yeah. She's learned she really likes to kick her little soccer ball and other balls. She's starting to walk some. She is so funny. I know. Um, it's crazy. Joe and I were saying the other day, like, every stage so far, we're like, oh, this is the best so far. Oh, wait, no, this one's the best so far. And my mom, I always cry when I think of my mom saying this to me, but when I was pregnant, um, and JC and I both cried about this when we were pregnant, I think, my mom said to me, you know... From the time you've been born, I thought six months was my favorite age because it was just the best ever. She's like, then I thought two was the best age because you were just the best and so much fun. She's like, but now you're however old. She's like, now you're 27. And I think 27's my favorite age oh. ever. She said, but then I just realized whatever age you are right now, that's the best ever. And I was oh. like, <laughs> so thank good. you for giving birth to me. I think that's such a beautiful view of motherhood because I think sometimes it's like oh my gosh we're scared of them being three and we're so scared of them being teenagers all those things but I'm like that's such a beautiful um frame of mind to have I think and it doesn't mean things aren't hard or some ages aren't tough like 
Oh, my I word. just want to clarify on that. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. No, it is not. Uh, there is some crazy stuff. This year, I have been shocked at how comfortable... I, I think I already was relatively, but seeing how comfortable Matt has gotten with bodily fluids. Oh, you have to be. Like, you just... I, it makes me realize why my mom told me when I was a kid. She's like, if you don't feel good, find a mom. Yeah. Find a mom. I'm like seen about everything. Yep. The moms will help you just because it, it is what it is. And you're just not that phased by a lot of things anymore. No. no. And that's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I'm like, oh yeah, I've grown a lot this year. It's kind of badass. It really is. Like moms, I'm just like, you're cool. Yeah. Like that, those superpowers you get when you're a mom where you just like know where stuff is. I don't know. It's so true. <laughs> I uh, I think that that's real and it's interesting. Uh, socially, how do you feel like being a mom the last year has impacted your social life and your, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, just like getting out of the house or like, Oof. does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think part of this was probably first time mom and part of it was having postpartum depression, but the first few months of Marin's life, I just was like scared to leave the house. I don't know. I just didn't like it's have the confidence to do it. Also COVID. Yeah. With a baby. That's true. I mean, there's a lot of things are just kind of bigger factors yeah. too, I think. Um, so that wasn't ideal. Um, but now I feel like it's good. It's we're kind of at a stage right now, our baby girls where like they go to bed early, so it's like you're kind of the first one leaving a function by like a long time, like by hours. At least in our case, we don't leave. That's no, that's good. You guys have always been like really flexible, like geez, super well, flexible. And sometimes I I feel like it depends on the baby. Yeah, and it also depends on like. I can tell you if we keep G somewhere till 1030, like she doesn't sleep as well. Yeah. You know, we have to be prepared for that. Yeah, but it's a trade-off. Matt and I are not good about leaving. It's hard to We do. have FOMO. <laughs> no, I totally get it. It's hard. Um, I will say I do feel like even though I have less time maybe to connect with friends, I feel like a lot of my friendships have grown more meaningful because um, I'm kind of like the last of my friends to become a mom. And I just have so much more appreciation for them now. And I feel like we have a deeper level of friendship, just having a bond over motherhood. How do you feel like motherhood has impacted your relationships that don't have children? Hmm. Um, that was really on the spot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't know that there's been a huge change. I do, I feel like, have to have awareness that I'm not just constantly talking about being a mom with those people. Yeah. And I I don't think being a mom is my identity, but it is it's kind of, of consuming. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when you have a baby. I feel like the first six months were the most consuming. Oh, yeah. It gets way easier once you hit six months, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like those first six months, you're really learning them and they're learning you. And, yeah. like, 
I don't know. I feel like people should give new moms like at least a year break. Oh my just, gosh. I mean, yes. you know, always give moms a little extra room because they're doing their best. But when I hear people like, well, she became a mom and that's all she talks about now. Well, I feel like for those like first, at least first six months, yeah. it's so all consuming because you're learning too. Yeah. And it's trial by fire. I know. I have a lot more grace, I think, for things like that. Yeah. I think I do too. And I feel like after six months, that's when I really started to get my identity back. Agreed. Because I think for a while, I was like, this is all of me. It's just this little tiny human and there is nothing else Mm -hmm. left. But not in a way that I felt like I lost myself personally. I felt like um, I was just like, this is what I have become and it's what I'm supposed to be. Yeah, (laughs) There is nothing else left of me. And I'm not sad about it, but then I realized nothing of me was actually gone. I was just busy for a few months. Yeah. I think I lost my identity for a while, but it's definitely been coming back. Yeah. Which feels really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say six months is a huge turning point. Four months was the first one for me. Same. And it it was big. Like, there's something about that four-month mark. And then the six-month mark, I was like, oh, we've got this. Same. Yeah, say we traveled um, when Marin was around six months, like across the country on a plane and everything. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. And they start feeling a little more substantial at that point, too. So you're not so nervous. Yeah. I just remember my confidence going up a lot around that time. So if you're a new mom, hang in there. It's going to get a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Hang in there. But we both had pretty good sleepers. We do. Let's go ahead and preface that for everyone because that I think so that true. is our unfair advantage. Yeah, because one of my good friends has a baby a few weeks younger than Marin, and he's still not a good sleeper. And um, I just feel for her so much because she still hasn't gotten good sleep but almost a year in. Well, and it's just so out of... I, I know people, I know there are a million sleep systems out there and the snoo and sleep training and all these things. Yeah. But I truly, deep down in my soul. Depends on the baby. I think it depends so much on the baby. Yeah. And I just don't think it's fair for moms to beat themselves up that it has anything to do with them. No. I mean, I, again, I think there's a lot of like tools and like. Yes. Um, what's routines. Yes. Little things like that that can definitely help. But I think there depends. Yeah, I think there the are child. things you can do to like make your baby sleep schedule harder. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that if you're struggling with sleep, that it's only because you're doing something wrong. Oh my wrong. gosh! Yeah, <laughs> and it's impossible as a mom to not feel guilty and to not like overthink every little thing. G had some cup like a a couple sleep regressions where she really like was waking up every hour and a half, two hours. And Matt and I looked back at the calendar and they were, I think the longest one was nine days long. Mm -hmm. And Matt and I thought we were going to die. Oh yeah. Like by day six, Matt, Matt and I were like, do like, do we just never sleep again? Do we just quit? Do we throw in the towel? Like (laughs) I know it's it's intense. Sleep deprivation's intense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Marin had a bad regression after we were all sick for several weeks and yeah, again, I think it's like with labor, one of the hardest things is just not knowing when those hard times are going to end. Right. Like if you could tell me at the beginning of it, it's going to be nine days. Yeah. 
And you're like, okay. Okay, nine days. Like, you know, you but have when the- you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh my God, does my kid just not sleep now? Yeah. And you're like about to start buying all kinds of different sleep sacks and guides <laughs> in the middle of the night because you're just panicking. Okay, that makes me have a good note that I want to end on. Okay. Tell me your, is top five too many? Top three. Let's do top three. Your top three for you personally must have newborn, like new baby items. New baby items. Yep. Because I feel like that's what we're most, you know, versed into. Okay. New baby items. Okay. Um, one would be, it doesn't matter the brand. We had a Docatot. So like a baby lounger, snuggle me, Docatot, and there's other brands. Um, I have actually read recently that the doc, the Docatot is better for, uh, like ergonomics of how they're sitting. Interesting. That the snuggle me, because it's a little tighter, um, can contribute to worsening like torticollis or flattened head. Fascinating. Yeah. Huh. I we had the snuggle me and we loved it, but yeah. we did have torticollis and which could have nothing to do with the do- the yeah. snuggle me. Not necessarily a link. No, but I. Uh, but yeah, we used the heck out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Like we just retired it recently. We were still changing Marin's diapers in that. Mm-hmm. It like lived on our coffee table for months and months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was so so clutch. Um. A white noise machine, mm-hmm. I think, is good for everyone. Because mm-hmm. um, newborn babies make... Sorry if there's background noise. My dog's like snoring and <laughs> turning around. That's um, Russell. It's Russell. Hi, Russell. Um, ba- newborn babies make a lot of noise in their sleep. And as a new mom sleeping right by them, you're like waking up at every little sound. And the white noise just really... Mm-hmm helps soothe my nerves um and it helps cover up sounds for them the hatch is a really good we also have the hatch i like i i really enjoyed our hatch because it had a soft amount of light that it had good noises on it yeah and i could just tap it yep and i i really liked that one yeah and i liked the little portable what was that one called yeah we have it too the little gray portable one that's on amazon and everywhere that you can buy things yeah i recommend one for like the room, whether they're in their own room or your room, and then a portable one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my third item is some kind of a baby wrap or carrier for baby wearing. Um, when Marin was a newborn, I used the Solly wrap, um, which is like really soft and you know, you can tie it mm-hmm. as loose or tight as you need to. Um, and then we had the Artie pop. We still use it all the time, but any baby carrier I think is great. Again, it totally depends on your baby. Marin had several months where she would only nap if she was being held or was in a carrier. So we spent a lot of hours. Um, I spent a lot of hours baby wearing. Um, and I don't know what I would have done without that. That is one of my favorite things that I did. I took every contact nap that I could. Yeah. Those first six months. Because my sister, who her education's in early childhood development, she told me that before six months old, like you can't over cuddle a baby. Because people say that if you let them sleep on you, then they won't sleep on their own and like all that. And my sister was like, yeah, that's not 
true. Yeah. I definitely think there's like a rush in our culture to to make sure they're like sleeping in their crib. That they're independent and stuff. I took every contact nap that G would have with me during the day. Yeah. I was like, you want to sleep on my chest? Yes. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to watch you. Yeah. Marin did contact naps almost every nap until the six month mark. And then we started branching out a little bit. Yeah. I, uh. I just, I really, that's something I enjoyed and that worked well for us. Yeah. So do what works well for okay, you. Okay. So Dockatot, white noise machine. And baby uh, wearing. Baby wearing. Whatever okay. brand you like. So for me, I'm going to go for our container. Like I, I am going to go the baby Bjorn. Oh yeah. We didn't have that. Uh, We had the baby Bjorn bouncer and... Just whenever you need to set them down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Same with the, like, I also would say the snuggle me was up there. Like yeah. Safe places to put baby. Yeah. And the thing is that I would say is I feel like people get caught up thinking they need the um, Mamaru, the Dockatot, the Baby Bjorn Bouncer, the and they have all of these things. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I think having like a Dockatot and maybe like a motion style some kind of little bouncer chair or thing. chair is great. Um, but I found that we just set her on the ground most of the time, oh, like in a safe area. Yeah. Because so many of our PT friends told us that that was what was best for like development so that they can mm. kind of learn those motions on their own and they're not, you know. Um, but I loved our baby Bjorn bouncer. I actually just lent it to a friend who is due this week because I loved it so much. I was like, here, try this out. Use it. Yeah. It's expensive. Like, you know, so if you can borrow stuff from friends, that's say, huge. I just lent several things to a friend too. Yeah. Like that's, that's I huge. I won't need them for a while. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my number one. Two, I'm going to say uh, having a handful of muslin blankets. Yeah. We use them to swaddle. Uh, we didn't do any of, well, we, we tried them, I should say, but with, our next baby someday i will not even bother with the velcro or the the zipped uh swaddles and stuff i almost included those in my top three it didn't work for us every single kind we tried g just broke out of them that's so funny and so we learned all kinds of different swaddling techniques with a muslin blanket how they used to do it Mm -hmm. um and i honestly like i don't think the velcro and all that i think it's a waste of money like i understand the convenience i get why people do it but to me i'm like i'm like learn just learn how to do all the different like it didn't take us very long and then we got really good at all these different styles of wrapping and there are a lot of different options Mm -hmm. uh and we found a few that worked really well with g and those are so much cheaper they are, and there's a lot of other uses for them, too. Like, we yes. used all of ours a ton. Yeah, and so I'm going to say that is number two. Uh, and there are a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to, um, like, wrap them and things safely. Yeah, you taught us one that was a game changer. Yeah, the bat wing. Her. Yes. The bat wing swaddle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then third, what am I going to say third? For us, passies were a big lifesaver, but I don't know if that's like my uh, need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, Number three. I think I'm going to go 
this is a bougie thing. Like, this is a fancy thing. That's fun. My kite baby, or not my kite baby, my, uh, I like kite baby too, but, Mm -hmm. um, Mason Gray. Oh. My Mason Gray newborn PJs. Yeah, those were our favorite too. I, we only had one. Same. We had one, I mean, they were, they're really pricey. Very. And they don't like make PJs for kids. They make women's luxury uh, robes bathrobes and pajamas, which really good splurge if you're looking for one yeah. for postpartum. Yeah. I wore the bejesus out of my robe. Oh, same. Like so much, loved it. Yeah, uh, still, still wear it. Still love it. Yes. Uh, but Mason Gray, they make uh, just zero to three month PJs. Yeah, and only in that size. Only in that size. I know they've talked about extending, I like they've they said do. things on their stories a couple times, but I don't think they have. Mm-hmm. But they washed so well. Yep. They had fold over hands and feet, which I personally preferred with all the PJs. I don't like footies. That's like my hot take. Some people, everybody feels very differently, yeah. but I prefer the fold over on both. Um, and I loved those PJs. I say I think Marin wore hers until she was like five or six months. G did too. They were really stretchy, and they had the open the feet. feet. Open feet. Yep. Yes, that was. We had one pair as well that we splurged on, and those were by far my favorite. Yep, pajamas. For ours her. too. And so I'm just I'm gonna put that out there for Love new that. moms. Yeah. Yeah, JC and I both are very obsessed with that brand. We are and have been for. A long time. I have, um, yeah, years. I have two robes now. I have two. No, I have three. Nice. That's way too many. Nobody needs three robes. No. You really only need one. Yeah. But yeah, if you're looking for a splurge for yourself as a mom or for another mom. Or even if you're not a mom. Or not a mom. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I bought one for my mom for her birthday last year. I've sent a few to friends, like yeah. that are. Uh, I gave one to a friend too. Yeah, that are like having a, I don't know, in seasons of life that are really hard. That's a gift Needing I'll send a some lot. Comfort. Yeah, just because yeah. to me it's just comfortable and yeah. happy. I stand and, that brand for sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Any final thoughts? Um, it's so hard, but so wonderful. Yeah. The kind of hard it is, isn't a kind of hard to be fearful of. No. I think that's the point that I really want to drive home to everybody. Because I think yeah. so often you hear about motherhood and how hard it is. There's and a lot of scare like, tactics, I feel like. Well, it's just even listening to us, it's like, why would, why? Yeah. No, I I would describe it, it's the kind of hard that makes you feel really strong. Yeah. I've never the confidence in myself the yeah. last year it's just it's different yeah and i feel like if you just like trust your intuition and pay like follow your baby's lead too you figure so many things out I kind agree. of on your own i never bought a guide not knocking guides there's amazing resources out there and again you do what feels most comfortable to you yeah and what's going to help you feel confident yeah um but yeah i mean oh we have mom intuition for a reason it's so powerful i have another good question okay 
books that you read leading up to or that you really enjoyed? Um, let me think. What was it called? Expecting Better was the one that we read together. Yeah, that's the book I would I would say. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, that's the only book I read, so I don't, I I don't have any other recommendations. Others, but I wouldn't say they were, like, essential. But the Expecting Better book, I would definitely recommend. It was really, really good. Um, yeah. I started ringing, reading, um, bringing up Bebe, Bebe, but I haven't finished it. I've heard wonderful things, but yeah, I've never read I it. I need to get on that. But. but, yay! I'm so glad we got to do this. You know, we did it. All right, friends, we will see you next week. You can find JC at JC Lenore on Instagram. She shares awesome content, not just about motherhood. Actually, not even that much about motherhood. I feel like her content primarily revolves around health, nutrition, fashion, uh, and just honestly curating a really beautiful life that feels natural and comfortable to you and who you are. I love that. I really enjoy following her because she just has a beautiful aesthetic and not the kind where she's trying really hard to impress anyone it's just like who she is like you walk into her life and that's just who she is and the things she's drawn to and I love that uh and so find her at JC Lenore and you guys know where to find me at Joe Johnson Overby. Uh, you can find the podcast at Middle Ground Podcast. Caroline will be back next week and I will be missing. Uh, I believe that she is going to be having Chris on to talk about his month in Italy uh, and all of his cooking. So I'm really excited to listen to that because it just sounds like it was phenomenal. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And you can email us hello at middlegroundpodcast.co and don't forget about our Facebook group. We love y'all. Bye.